AdamandEve.com is the world's number one online source for adult toys. And I'm Horrified is the world's number one source for nightmares, aren't we, Sam? We so are. So, we've joined forces to bring you some sweet deals. Use our offer code HORROR at checkout for 50% off almost any item plus free shipping. That's H-O-R-R-O-R. AdamandEve.com. We're not horrified at all. That doesn't make any sense. Hello, everybody. Hi, listeners. <laughs> Welcome to episode 35 wow. of I'm Horrified. I'm one of your hosts, Sally Rayner. And I'm another of your hosts, Sam Buntich. And together we are your two hosts. Yep. Wonder Twin Powers. T and Doe right here. Holy shit. I'm oh, so glad you back. finally listened to that podcast series, man. Oh, I cried so much. Allie finally listened to the podcast series about Heaven's Gate that yeah. was hosted by Glenn Washington. I think we already talked about it. We're gonna talk about it again. It was so good. Oh my god. Because we did an episode. What episode was that? Many episodes ago. Many episodes ago we did. We covered Heaven's Gate. You covered Heaven's yeah. Gate. Yeah. And I was like emotionally shook by it because I had listened to this whole podcast series about three times. Yep. And then I was like, everybody, you gotta listen. You gotta listen to it. And Allie didn't until, like, two weeks ago. I just remember I was at work, and I listen to music and podcasts at work when I'm just doing, like... Spreadsheets. Spreadsheets and whatever. And I was listening to, like, a mother talking about her son leaving to join a cult and saying, like, I'm never gonna come back and stuff. And I was, like, tearing up. And then, like, a coworker like, came in and was like, knock, knock. Like, hey, can you help me with something? I'm like, yeah, what's up? Like, what can I help you with? (laughs) It was so fraught, but it was so good. I cried at work the other day, too, but just because I was stressed out. Oh, yeah, crying at work. (laughs) Big ups to everyone who cries at work. Just, you know. I had a full breakdown the other day in the supply closet. Yeah. Just, like, bet... Praying that no one needed a pen or a notebook. Like, yep. do not come in here. Don't come in here. I mean, bathroom I is, that's where it's at. Work bathroom. Ours are stalls. Oh, really? Yeah, there's no singles. Oh, no. I actually do have an office with a door. Mm-hmm. So sometimes if I just need to, like, oh, you're golden. <laughs> like, if I need a minute, I can take it. And that's ready a, to go. That's a beautiful thing. That's a dream. I'm in a cube, so I have to, like, silently weep. <laughs> that's a bold move, though, to, to cry in a cube, for sure. And I've done it. And yeah. I gotta be honest, I've done it. Yeah. I've done it. Friends of mine have come in. My cube's, like, pretty, um, like, you have to go, like, around a corner. Right, I've It's seen not it. just yeah. out. So, like, I've had my coworkers who are friends of mine, like, kind of come into my cube and be like, can I just? And I'm like, yeah, just Come sit, cry in here. Sit right down. Do you yeah. need a snack? Like, yep. do you need a minute or do you want a hug? Like, how can I best cater to you? This is the crying cube. Yep. Oh, crying at work. <laughs> We will not do an episode about that because that's natural. Yeah, it's perfectly you do natural. It. Crying on the tea, I've done that. Yep. You gotta choose when to cry in front of your coworkers sometimes. <laughs> like how many times in your career can you cry in front of your boss? Yeah. You not, know. Not there's a fine line. Yeah. Two to four in your full career. Is yeah. what I say. Maybe, yeah. Or at least with the same boss. Yeah. And I'm at three. So <laughs> I'm twenty four years old, so that's a problem. Uh, what are we talking about today? We're going to talk about a couple exciting topics. I'm going to talk about the Fermi Paradox. Ooh, that's how you pronounce it? I don't know. That I love that, though. <laughs> I always thought it was like the Fermi Paradox, but that's, it's like a Furby Paradox. He's like a fancy dude, so okay. I'm assuming it's like Fermi. I've heard of it. I totally forget and don't know what it's about, so I'm excited. Yeah. I'll I- say like the beginning of it to you and you'll be like, oh, that That thing. thing. I'm going to talk about medieval hygiene. No. It's going to be 
fucking disgusting. <laughs> Please, God, no. So, we're gonna do it, but Ooh. first, you have to do your thing, so tell me about it. Oh my god, I'm, I'm gonna. Oh my god. You're For trying. Halloween, you should be uh, <laughs> Olivia Newton-John. You should be John Paul. Yes. <laughs> that would be a great We're costume. gonna do a Halloween special, um, and since this is a audio medium, yeah. it doesn't make sense for us to dress up, but we will. Yeah, I'll do it. I have... My, uh, this year for Halloween, you guys, spoilers, I'm gonna be Janet from The Good Place. Bless. Um, so my sweet roommate Becky, who you guys know, just, um, altered the skirt for me because I ordered a quadruple XL from China and it could not get up my ass. Really? Yeah, it would not fit. I've, I've heard that. Like, if you get, like, sizes from other countries, it's just too tiny. Yeah, so she, sweet Becky, like, just sewed panels into the sides. Gotta love it. Like, it fits now. Uh, but yeah, I'm gonna be Janet, so stay tuned for a, some kind of picture of me in a in a purple vest outfit. I'm so excited. Hell yeah. Ugh. All right, so let's talk about my thing. So, today I'm gonna talk about the Fermi Paradox, or the Fermi Paradox, or whatever. Is it a French word? The guy's name is Enrico Fermi. Enrico, that could be anything. It could be Italian, it could be Spanish. I didn't do enough research into him, I have to be honest with you. Uh, that's not necessary. It wasn't. I just <laughs> want to know which accent I'm supposed to force you to do. Let me really quickly Google who, <laughs> where he's from. It's gonna be like Cleveland. Sell <laughs> me. <laughs> he's a naturalized American. Italian. He's Italian. He's Italian. So how, you, you took an Italian class, how would you pronounce this word? I would just pronounce it Fermi. That's, let's do that. The Fermi But you paradox. have to do it just outlandishly, <laughs> offensively, stereotypically. Like, it's-a me, Enrico Fermi. A Fermi. All right. Now that we've completely isolated our Italian listeners, <laughs> let's continue. So this is actually one of those things that I think about a lot. Like, I'm up in bed, it's 3 a.m., I can't sleep, and all of a sudden I'm like, let's think about the Fermi Paradox. I hope after this episode, you're also kept up late Mm -hmm. thinking about it. So, the Fermi Paradox is a conflict between arguments of scale and probability that seem to favor intelligent life being common in the universe, and a total lack of evidence that intelligent life has ever arisen anywhere other than Earth. This is about aliens? It's about aliens. Got it. What this basically means is this. The universe is super vast and giant. Like, even if we're just talking about the Milky Way, it's humongous. It's ginormous. Right. So it really seems, probability-wise, that there should be other intelligent life. Capital D, duh. But, like, where is everybody? That's true. Why haven't we heard from them? You're already thinking. All right, so. (laughs) Just silence. Nothing. This came from a man who I just mentioned, Enrico Fermi who was a physicist and an all-around smart guy. And basically one day he was chatting with some other scientists about a recent spate of UFO sightings, and they were all basically, like, joking. Like, haha, all these people are seeing aliens. Like, yeah, there's aliens in the world, and all these people are seeing them. And all of a sudden, Fermi, like, literally sits up and he goes, where are they? Like, he just had the realization that, like, wait a fucking second. Where are the aliens? Where are they, though? Like, we're making fun of these people, but, like, where are they? And so he and another guy named Michael Hart came up with these basic arguments that make up the Fermi Paradox. Here's how it works. There are billions of stars in the galaxy that are similar to our sun, and many of these stars are billions of years older than our solar system. That's why they're bright, right? Yes, I think. I don't know anything about space. (laughs) The final frontier. Yeah. 
So it's really likely that some of these sun-like stars have Earth-like planets. And if the Earth is typical, these Earth-like planets may have developed intelligent life. Sounds good. And if they're older than us, then the intelligent life might be older than us. And it would make a lot of sense that they had developed interstellar travel, which is a step that Earth is investigating right now. Like, we're getting to the moon and we're sending people to, not people, like, rovers to Mars. Mm -hmm. We're, like, just getting there now. But even at the slow pace of, like, interstellar travel, we and these other civilizations could traverse the Milky Way galaxy, our galaxy, in a few million years, like... Which, in the span of, like, the universe, is not that long of a time. I know. So it's like, according to this reasoning, if there are stars that are similar to us but billions of years older, and those stars probably have planets that are similar to Earth but billions of years older, like, it only makes sense that those... They would not only exist but have life that's more advanced than us. Exactly. Right? But, like, there is no conclusive evidence that we have ever been visited or interacted with extraterrestrial life. Because that's what they want us to think. That's the paradox right there. Um, Just a fun side note that I thought was going to be this really helpful thing and then was not helpful to me at all is called the Drake Equation. The Drake Equation? Yeah, like Drake and Josh. (laughs) Um, I was thinking like Drake. No, (laughs) it's more like Drake and Josh. I mean, aliens got me in my feelings, (laughs) so... So, um, this is an equation that was invented by a smart man named Frank Drake, uh, and it was to calculate the approximate number of other intelligent species, and it's all based on probabilities. So, like, the probability that there are other stars that are like our sun, and on those sun-like stars, there's a planet like Earth, and on that Earth-like planet, intelligent life has sprung up. I wonder if you can use that to find out other stuff, like, what's the probability that, like, they've invented, like, a Wendy's? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, but it's called, like, really specific things It's like called, that. like, Umalazorps, and yeah. it, but it's the same menu. <laughs> it's the same square burger. <laughs> I love, I love that, and I feel like if I went up to this very intelligent scientist and asked him that, he'd just be like... You don't deserve to have a brain. I gotta be honest, I feel like he'd be game for it. He'd be like, all right, so so what's the probability we came up with Wendy's? And then just put that into the equation. Yeah, I like to think he'd just open a big binder and be like, (laughs) oh, what's the page? Okay. (laughs) Scanning past, like, Arby's and McDonald's and, yeah. Yeah. Wendy's, rare. Very rare. (laughs) McDonald's exists in all of them. Yep. Don't know how, but it does. Franchising. (laughs) So, anyway, he invents this equation based on all these probabilities. And when he does the equation... He uses optimistic numbers, and by doing that, he estimates that there are between 1,000 and 100 million civilizations in the Milky Way galaxy. Okay, wait. Which is a big span. So that's, like, a very big span. But then there are different scientists who are like, fuck you, Drake, and they use the pessimistic numbers for these probability equations, and that number is less than one civilization. So like no, what? not even us. Wait. So it means this equation Wait, but how is worth that... nothing to me. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense then. There's either 100 million intelligent civilizations or we're not even intelligent. Yeah. I mean, it made me so mad when I read about this. I'm exhausted. I'm in a sweat right now. I thought I opened this Wikipedia page and I was like the Drake equation's really going to clear stuff up for me and it does not. Yeah. 
This is just a, Wikip- a Wikipedia page. It's like, you can get fucked if you <laughs> think that you know anything about space. Uh, this is why I never took probability in high school. I didn't take math senior year. Oh, I was, was good. so bad at statistics. Ugh. Because I was like, I don't know. Yeah. Just roll the dice, I guess, if you want to know so bad. <laughs> Thank you. So, when you present people with a paradox, they are obviously going to want to solve it. And there have been a lot of solutions proposed to the Fermi paradox, um, and all of them keep me up at night. And I'm going to go through, I think, six of my favorites. Let's do it. And least favorites. Because, um... That's a lot. Or maybe that's a little. The Wikipedia page had 20. Got it. So this is, you know, a good, a good sample. It's a cross-section. Yeah. So theory number one, there is no other intelligent life in the universe. This is my least favorite one, and to me, one of the most horrifying. Basically, this can be broken down to a theory about rare Earth, which is that it's possible that the conditions to create intelligent life are just really, really rare. Like, you need the right-sized planet with a big planetary shield, like we have Jupiter 4, and you need oceans, and the right distance from the local star, and the right levels of nitrogen and oxygen and everything else. Like, it's a lot. Yeah, but that just feels so human to be like, maybe we're just so special. Right, doesn't it? But, like, basically it's just saying, like, maybe we're the only one who's gotten this. I get it. I get it. Like, so random, so dumb. But I just find this, like, bleak as fuck. I mean, like, there's nothing else in the entire universe. Like, we There's not even one homie. (laughs) We're the only intelligent civilization, and we can't even keep, like, true douchebags off the Supreme Court. Yeah, I know. Like, we're just... (laughs) It bums me out. Like, I get that it's the simplest solution, but the universe is so fucking vast. Come on. I know. I know. There must be someone else. (laughs) Or at least, like, another, like, a world, but a different world. Alternate universe? Yep. (laughs) There you go. That would make me feel better. Do you remember how we were just talking about how we might be the only intelligent life force in the whole (laughs) universe? And I'm like, what's it called? (laughs) So, that's theory number one. I hate it. It bums me out. Yeah, I hate it. Let's talk about some of the more colorful theories. Theory number two. It is in the nature of intelligent life to destroy itself. Fair. This one's also pretty bleak. Yeah. (laughs) Basically, this theory is that um, there are other intelligent species that have existed and that they have been, like, ahead of us on the evolutionary, like, track. But they have never been able to advance to the point of interstellar communication because their civilizations have died before that. So, like, this theory has been posited by a lot of people and a lot of sci-fi writers, and it basically breaks down to the idea that, like, there's something about developing the ability to, like, colonize space, and it, like, around that time, enough other stuff is happening in a civilization that it just self-destructs. I totally buy that. Yeah. Because we are just on a fast track to nowheresville. Yeah. And I feel like if you gave us, like, another hundred years... We could probably figure out interstellar <laughs> communication but ourselves. Are, but are we gonna have But are we gonna have a years? world in a hundred years? I doubt it. Yeah. And so like that's the big bummer about this theory is like we are at that point where yep. these theor- theor- I can't theoreticists? Theoricists. Oh, that's a hard one to say. Theoreticians. Don't beat yourself up over not being able to pronounce that. Theoreticians? I guess so, yeah. But these people are basically, like, an Earth is there. Like, the time when a civilization just fucking implodes, that's kind of now. Yeah. So, uh... Getting too big for our bridges. Yeah, just brace yourself for that all. There's also a fun sub-theory to this theory. And the sub-theory is that there is one intelligent species that has advanced to, like, space colonization and interstellar communication, and they are keeping eyes on all the other intelligent species 
and when the other species advances to a point that they're about to like get into space that one species just fucking kills them (gasps) (laughs) whoa so like that's why a civilization can't advance past space communication it's because like there's one guy who's like oh have the earthlings been able to communicate in space we should just zap them that makes me feel like we should just keep everything at, like, a solid B-. minus. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like, let's average. keep it real surface level <laughs> for the next couple millennia. Yeah. And then maybe we'll be ready to, like, dip a toe. Okay, what's the next one? I need to know. I know. I need to know these. So here's theory number three. Aliens are too alien. That sounds dumb when I say it, but <laughs> stick with me. Um, this one I honestly buy. Basically, the idea is that we are underestimating how different other intelligent species would be from us. So, like, we're sending out signals that, like, we'd be able to understand if we got them. So, like, radio transmissions and stuff like that. But, like, what if this other species is seeing sounds and, like, communing with the wind to try to find us? Like, we're just speaking two such different languages. It's like a rival. It's there. It's similar to Arrival, but like even more extreme. Like yeah. maybe they're in the fifth dimension. Like we yeah. don't fucking know. We can't even see them. They could be here. Yeah, they're just we don't see them. And maybe they don't see us. Like maybe they're like, what a weird planet we live on, and they don't even see us. That is like um in the good place where Ted Danson's like, oh sorry for the mess in here, but his office is spotless. And he's like, oh I forgot you can't see in five dimensions, and he's like brushing all the stuff off the chairs. <laughs> it's it's exactly like yep. That. But so like. We could be so different from other intelligent species that we will never be able to interact with them. Okay. I'm almost fine with that. Yeah, right? It's comforting that we have neighbors, but they're kind of quiet. Yeah. Okay. That might be fine, right? They're just quiet neighbors from somewhere else. Can they murder us if we can't see them? I don't know. Can they see us? What's the next one? (laughs) Man, I know, right? These are a lot to me. It's a lot. Theory number four. Earth is deliberately not contacted. So, ouch. <laughs> do you know those tribes deep in the Amazon rainforest that are totally uncontacted by the outside world? Like we know they're there. We've got drone shots of them. But on purpose, we are leaving them alone because we want them to do their own thing and see how they develop on their own. So like the the theory is that the aliens are doing that but with us. So we're like being Truman showed. Yes, a we're little a bit. little bit being Truman showed. And it's actually different than those Amazonian tribes because they like, have seen the drones and have, like, basically seen other people, and they're saying, like, we're not interested. Like, they on purpose isolate themselves. We're just oblivious. We just don't yeah. know that the aliens are watching us. This is called the zoo hypothesis. Ouch. <laughs> I know. I know. And it's the idea that other intelligent species totally know about us, are 100% observing us, but they just don't want to interfere with our evolution. Um, I thought about it, like, when you're watching a little kid and they're doing a puzzle and it's, like, four pieces. And you're like, Jimmy, there's only one piece left. Yeah. You gotta put it in there. But you're like, I can't do that for him. Yep. He has to learn. That's them watching the Kavanaugh hearings. Exactly. (laughs) Like, Jesus fucking Christ, you idiots. Nope, we can't interfere. (laughs) We gotta let them go. We gotta let them do this shit. Oh, God. Um, Another even scarier sub-theory to this hypothesis and I didn't even write this down because I was too scared about it, but I'm going to say it. Oh, my God. Is that, like, even more like a zoo, the universe as we know it is actually, like, you know, like, a zoo habitat. So, like, it's not even, this isn't even a real galaxy. It's, like, a fake construct within a real galaxy. I don't like that. That the aliens are watching. Well, that's kind of matrixy as well. Yeah, and I'm sure there's an episode of The Twilight Zone that's like that. 
Totally, I think. They definitely is. Yeah, for sure. Right? But, like, the, like at least the zoo hypothesis, of, like, in its original form, is, like, they happened upon us and they're just watching us. This other hypothesis is, like, we are living in their living room. Like, we are yeah. one of those, ter- like, we're their sea monkey. Ant farms. Yeah, sea monkeys. Yeah. It bums me out. Um, <laughs> it just bums me out. Here's theory number five. My it eyes is- are, like, darting around the room, like, <laughs> trying to find, like, a little ladybug yeah. with, like, robot eyes. Have you never noticed, us. like, the giant alien finger, like, tabbing on your window? <laughs> if aliens were listening to us right now, do you think they'd like our podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Comment, like, and subscribe. Oh, my God. Please do. I bet they have something even beyond Twitter where they can, like, beam their thoughts into other people's brains. Yeah. So do that with our podcast. But even their baby boomers are, like, criticizing it. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Here's theory number five. It is dangerous to communicate. I believe it. Yeah. It could just be that other intelligent species have grasped what our history has also told us, that when two different civilizations meet... It usually does not end well. Yeah. So, like, think Neanderthals and Cro-Magnons. Think the Incas and the Spanish invaders. Bad. Like, maybe the other intelligent species are just like, we're good. We don't need to start this. We don't need to share resources or anything. And it makes me think about what if we were in the position where we found another intelligence first like, how would this fucking crazy world handle that? Poorly, I bet. Poorly, I bet. Um, and that, again, is kind of what Arrival is about. Of, like, how our various forms of leadership would handle that. It's no good. No good at all. Ooh. Well, I think I mentioned this before in a different episode, but um, how Stephen Hawking has, the late Stephen Hawking has been asked about his you know, opinions on extraterrestrial Mm -hmm. life. And he's like, of course there are aliens. I think the question that's more interesting is whether or not we want them to know we're here. Yeah. Um, Like, whether or not we want them to find us. And I'm like, yeah. (laughs) Because he's just, like, obviously dum-dums. Like, there's, of course, other life in the universe. But, like, do we want to get in on that? Do we even want to chat? Yeah. So maybe they just have made that choice and are like, we're good. We're fine. Um, and here's theory number six. They are already here. No! (laughs) I mean, have you seen ancient aliens? Stop. So the thing about Fermi's paradox is that it rests on, like, a fact, quote unquote, that there's no evidence of aliens being real, that we've never found conclusive evidence but there are a lot of people in the world who would say there is plenty of evidence that we have been visited by other intelligent species. So, like, in a way, this is another of the really simple solutions. Like, intelligent life exists, and it has made contact with us, and people have seen that contact, but just not enough people believe it that it's considered a fact. And that brings us back to, like, that sub-theory of Cartesian skepticism. Yes. I wrote in my notes, come and look. I said it makes me think about the allegory of the cave. Yes. How, like, these people who are saying, like, I was probed by aliens, they've been out in the sun, and they come back into our idiot cave, and they're like, there are aliens, they built the pyramids, and we're like, ugh. Just look at the cave wall, dude. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want to hear this again, Derek. So it's, I'm just like, if they're here already, like... That opens up so many horrifying questions for me. Like, why aren't they doing anything? Why aren't they showing themselves? Why are they just popping up every now and then? Should I start memorizing the speech from Independence Day just in case? Yeah. And, like, 
What do I do? Oh, boy. But, like, it also makes me think of a different episode of The Twilight Zone. Oh, my God. Which is just applicable any way you slice it, that Mm. show. Where they're all in, it's like a bus, and the bus breaks down in, like, a coffee, and then they get into a coffee shop, and then they realize that, like, one of them is an alien somehow, or no, there was, like, nine people who got on the bus, and then all of a sudden there's ten people, and they're like... Who didn't get on the bus originally? But, like, the bus actually crashed. Oh, my God. I don't... But one of them's an alien. Holy shit. But I think it ends up being, like, the guy who owns the coffee shop? I don't remember. (laughs) It's a good episode that I'm butchering. (laughs) But it's, like, the alien's just in there the whole time. I mean, like, you could be an alien. Yeah, I really could. I couldn't. But you could. You don't think you could? I mean, I'm me, so, no. Oh. But that's just what an alien would say to you. But what if it's, like... Do you know those, like, birds, and they'll, like, lay their egg in another bird's nest, and then, like, the other bird will raise the egg and be like, this is my weird child. Like, what if we're that? Like, yeah, maybe. What if, like... Are you saying that my mom's an alien? Because that's very rude of you. No, I'm saying, what if your mom boned an alien? Oh, true. Maybe she didn't even realize. Less offensive. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> in that episode of The Twilight Zone, it's very clear because um, the guy lifts up his hat, and then there's, like, a third eye in his forehead. <laughs> so... Would it were only that simple? <laughs> Would it were that simple? Oh, I'm shaking. I know. You guys, like, that's Fermi's paradox. Like, that's the whole thing. But I, I hope you it keeps you up at night just like it keeps me up. Because, like, I really feel like there must be life out there. I do not like that first theory that, like, we're just it. Yeah, agreed. Even, we're, and even if we're going to go down because of it, there's just... It's so boring otherwise. I know. But then it's like, why haven't we met? And all the answers to that question are spooky and horrifying and weird and weird and make me nervous. And then, like, what if you're an alien? What if I'm an alien? Like, what if we're all living in a terrarium? Like, I don't know. I don't know. It's so difficult about being alive is, like, sometimes, you know, like, I'm running, I'm, like, in an Uber and I'm going to be, like, seven minutes late to work and I'm, like, beating myself up. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, Jesus Christ, I can't believe this. Like, it should have gone up earlier. It's Mm -hmm. such a shitty way to start my morning and then other times I'm like this could all just not be real yeah so like why do I worry about anything but if you go too far either way it's bad news bears messes up messes up everything Um, yeah yeah honestly like the one that shook me the most because I hadn't thought about it is the one that's like what if aliens are too alien like what if we just will never be able to communicate with them and they'll never be able to communicate with us and we're all just like hanging out and also, um, what we talked about before, which is, like, Dr. Seuss, like, speck of dust on a flower. Like, maybe they're so much bigger than us mm-hmm. or so much smaller that we can't communicate. Yeah. You know, like, our understanding of linear time and size and the tactile nature of being alive. Like, all of those things could not be a thing to other intelligences. <sighs> yeah, so sorry to start um, your day with that all, but, or end your day. I'm sorry, whatever time you're listening to this, I'm sorry, because I know I'm going to think about it tonight. That's the Fermi Paradox. I hate it. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> appreciate it. Let's just look up at the stars and yell, like, you up? <laughs> Girl, you there? I wish. <laughs> How do I even talk about this now? This seems so trifling. Um... Well, we talked about the vastness of the universe, but now let's talk about, like, bad smells. 
Yeah, I think that that's perfect. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna talk about medieval hygiene, and I'm gonna talk about gross shit. So like, nice. just you know what I'm about to say. It's gonna mm-hmm. be gross. So just content warning. <laughs> it's gross. Um, so when I say medieval hygiene, I'm referring to like fifth to fifteenth century ish, like Middle Ages. Though these practices changed and carried over in a way that you might expect them to in the span of 700 or 500 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a couple of things I wanted to mention. I think there's kind of this misconception that everyone was just, like, lying around in their own filth because they didn't know any better, or, like, nobody noticed because, like, they didn't know anything different. You that know is what I, mean? what I assume. Yeah, yes. it's like they weren't grossed if, out by things because they just didn't yeah. know anything different. It's like if everyone sleeps in mud, like... Who's, who's going to be the person to be like, we shouldn't sleep in a mud? Exactly. Don't rock the boat that way. But that is wrong. Um, there are many accounts of people being fully disgusted and fully appalled by the hygiene practices that they were forced to endure. And that, to me, is the most horrifying thing about all of this. Like, yeah, that's the fact that they were cognizant of it. Um... And then also, people got really interested in keeping themselves clean after the Black Death, which just swept away, like, 200 million people in Mm -hmm. the 1300s. So people did want to be hygienic. They just, in a lot of cases, didn't have the education or the means to do it properly. Some people thought that hot water would harbor more bacteria than cold water, so they bathed in cold water. So it's like, they're trying to do the thing. (laughs) But they're failing. (laughs) But it doesn't make them any less gross. Um, And we're here to ridicule them, as they have all been dead for centuries. Yeah, they're not going to get offended. Um, Centuries? Centuries is 100 years, so yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, I'm an idiot. Remember? Again, I just now keep thinking, like, what if we are the only intelligent (laughs) life forms in the universe, and I'm so dumb? Bums me out that it's like, I know I'm stupid, and I'm one of the smarter people I know. Exactly. Okay, so, Sam, I have divided these hygiene practices into categories, and we're going to choose your own adventure a little bit. Oh, my God. So, we have bathing. hmm Periods. Oh, God. Teeth. Uh-huh. <laughs> surgery. Great. And miscellaneous. Oh, no. Um, this is hard for me. I'm currently bleeding, but I have a lot of nightmares about losing my teeth. Um, <laughs> it's just a real... <laughs> so, spin the wheel it's of a real Sophie's fears. choice here. Let's start with teeth, just for fun. Teeth. All right, teeth. So the toothbrush was not patented until the 19th century. God. So that's just something we have to deal with. Most people cleaned their teeth with a cloth, okay. is what I read. At least they're cleaning them. Well, like, just, like, let's put ourselves there for a minute. Like, you have, like, a paper towel, and you're just, like, wiping your teeth off. Like, are you, what kind of bullshit nonsense is that? Oh, like, I can't deal with that. And I personally could not live without those individual little, like, floss-picky guys. Mm, those are good. Um, so it doesn't cut off your finger circulation. <laughs> um, I've also been, I've been in, thinking about investing in a water pick. Ooh, I've heard those are I've nice. I've heard, I just feel like that would be such luxury. Um... But they have none of that, and I'm horrified. <laughs> so sometimes they would use abrasives on their teeth to sort of, like, try to scrape stuff off, like, uh, ashes. Um, like, of, of people? No. Oh, good. <laughs> you can make ash out of stuff besides people, you freak. <laughs> you're right. I've been watching a lot of Ask a Mortician. Oh, boy. Oh, what a good series. Um, no. Like, ashes from herbs. And they would chew herbs like mint and rosemary. So, like, okay. the juicy fruit gum of yeah. yesteryear. Um, apparently people were very concerned about dental hygiene because the only way to treat a bad tooth or a cavity was just to pull it out. Yeah. Um, and that kind of happened a lot. So you've got, 
And you've only got so many of those bad boys, so people were worried about holding on to them so they could, you know, like, eat food yeah, for the lion's share of their 35-year life. <laughs> um, and a lot, this is just a fun fact. Um, by that I mean a terrible fact. Many dentists thought that toothaches were caused by worms that lived in your teeth. So, like, could have been. Even though that's not true at all, <laughs> can you imagine, like, oh, you're like, oh, my tooth hurts. There must be a fucking worm in my tooth. <laughs> like, you have to deal with that. Are you kidding me? No. So, that's teeth. So, we got surgery, periods, bathing, and miscellaneous. Oh, man. I'm going to save periods for last, I just decided. So, let's do. You just save miscellaneous for last. You're right. I'll save periods for second to last. Okay. Let's do surgery. Surgery. Okay, so oftentimes, your dentist, barber, and surgeon were all the same dude. Great. <laughs> so that's fun. Go to Chet. <laughs> yep, just one dumb guy who doesn't know anything about anything, cutting your hair, and also taking out your spleen. Perfect. Um, so right off the bat, there was, like, no anesthetic, um, just, like, you could get real drunk if you needed to. Mm. So you just got to, like, bite down on something and deal with it. So that's great. So here's a quote I found from uh, showmethescience.net, because we cite our sources here. Absolutely. Um, quote, medical hand washing did not become standard operating procedure until a Hungarian doctor named Ignaz Semmelweis recognized the link between frequent hand washing and lower incidence of infection in 1846. They did not get that until 1846. Ha. Huh. That is so recently. So recently. So on top of that, surgical tools, like, for that reason, were almost never washed, let alone sterilized. Sometimes you would use wine or urine as an antiseptic during surgery. Perfect. That's awesome. Which, weirdly enough, like, in a pinch, urine will work. Because yeah. it is sterilized. Um, but... Still, I'd rather you just washed your hands. Agreed. I mean, this is before anyone knew about microorganisms. So, like, germs as we understand them were just not a concern. Mm-hmm. Uh, the most important thing, though, is that absolutely no one knew why anything bad happened in your body. So, some people thought it was your humors, which is, like, all the fluids in your body had to be at a certain level. Mm -hmm. It was all gross, too. It's, like, your phlegm levels, yeah. your, like, blood levels, yeah. and your bile levels. And you come in, and you're like, my arm hurts. And they're like, oh, your levels are all off. Yeah, <laughs> we gotta fix that. We gotta just drain some of your blood out. Exactly. So... If they thought you had too much blood, they would uh, leech you naturally. Yeah, or just, like, cut blood. you open and let you kind of get some of that out of there. Just dry out for a minute. Yeah, just, just <laughs> kind of, it's like a cleanse, like a juice cleanse. It's just like that. Cauterization was also a thing. So rather than, like, bandaging an open wound, they'd just heat up a piece of metal and cauterize your skin to stop bleeding. I'm not thrilled, but, like, in theory that works. I don't think it works. Oh, man. <laughs> I think it causes more infection than, like anything. Great. But can you imagine, like, going to your mom to ask for a Band-Aid, and instead she just, like, puts an iron up against your arm? <laughs> it's like, here you go, hon. But yeah, surgery was always a complete last resort, because you just had to assume that you were gonna fucking die. Like, I think everyone was like, when you get to the point where you need surgery, they're like, cool, like, I'm probably gonna die, so this is, like, why not? Might as well just try Do you it. know what I mean? So that is beautiful. Alright. Alright, so now we have... Bathing? Bathing and periods and miscellaneous. So you want to do bathing? Bathing, then periods, then miscellaneous. Okay. So, bathtubs did not exist, but they... Whoa. No. Whoa. 
So bathtubs did exist, but they were pretty much exclusively for, like, Marie Antoinette and, like, the other rich bitches who could afford servants to lather them in expensive oils nice. after so, like, a bath. The, the Baron's wife. Exactly. Um, I found, I'm just killing it with the URLs today. On medievalists.net, right. <laughs> they say, royalty throughout Europe often entertained guests with baths, often trying to impress each other with how luxurious they could make it. And this reminds me, I'm like, oh, that's dumb. But then I think about, like, lush products and that kind of side of consumers, and I'm like, yeah, I totally get it. Yeah. <laughs> this tradition goes back even to the Carolingians. I don't know what that is. Einhard says that Charlemagne... line of kings. Yeah, okay, it's Char- Charlemagne. And yes, is in it's that like line. his line of kings. Got it. Einhard says that Charlemagne loved taking baths and that he would, quote, invite... He would, quote, invite not only his sons to bathe with him, but his nobles and friends as well, and occasionally even a crowd of attendants and bodyguards, so that sometimes a hundred men or more would be in the water together. So what I'm hearing is he had, like, a hot tub. Yeah. (laughs) He Um, was, like, that guy in your neighborhood that was like, you can come over to my hot tub whenever you want, man. I use it, like, every night. But full nude. Yeah, um, obviously. Gross. Grosser than you could imagine. Much like that man in your neighborhood. Honestly. Just another day taking a bath with a hundred of your closest bros. Um, <laughs> two bros. Two bros. Chilling in Charlemagne's tub. Yep. Five feet apart because they're not gay. <laughs> Love vines. <laughs> um, most people did not have any bathing area in their own house besides a sink. So if you wanted to fully bathe yourself, you could do so in a few ways. Um, if you were lucky enough to live near a stream, <laughs> just go to that stream, baby. Perfect. Stream it up. Um, but if you weren't, which many people weren't, because they lived in an urban environment, you would have to go to a bathhouse. So, depending on where you live, this could be terrible or kind of fun. Most of them were disgusting by any standards, but, like, some of them were grosser than others. Um, they were really popular, however, in a lot of places, and they were often, I love this, connected to bakeries, as the heat from the ovens would help to heat the bath water. And go. that sounds like my ideal Sunday, honestly. <laughs> like... Being naked with strangers and a scone, like, I'm I'm living. I'm loving it. But men and women would partake in these baths together, and it would be, like, a social thing. So, Hot. just tits out. Love that. Having fun. Virginia Smith, in her book, Clean, A History of Personal Hygiene and Purity, stated, quote, by the 15th century, bath feasting in many town bathhouses seems to have been as common as going out to a restaurant was to become four centuries later. German bath etchings from the 15th century often feature the town bathhouse with a long row of bathing couples eating a meal naked in bathtubs, <laughs> often several to a tub, with other couples seen smiling in beds from a mid-distance. So that's, I love it. Yeah, that Let's sounds bring like a, that back. That's a spa, Honestly, if I've ever heard of one. Like, can you imagine, though? It's like, you can be in a hot tub, but also, like, have brunch. Perfect. I'm living. How is that not a millennial trend? I don't know. <laughs> and I hope we can start it. Um, after the plague, bathhouses fell out of fashion and often just became fronts for sex work, which that tradition sometimes remains. Yep. That's, like, a common thread in all of this is, like, well, we were doing this this way, and then the plague happened, so we stopped doing it. Yeah. It's, like, fair enough. Fair enough. When you have a, a, a cataclysmic event, you sometimes just gotta take a minute, reevaluate. Yeah. So, what's the next one? Periods? I think it's periods. We're I think here. it's finally time. It is time. So, I don't particularly enjoy menstruating for a lot of reasons, even with today's modern comforts. So, just, mm-hmm. like, imagine, like, having to deal with that and everything else just fucking going on. Ugh. Do you know what I mean? Um, speaking of which, I just recently started using a menstrual cup because you bought me one, Sam. I did. And I'm loving it. I'm so, so glad. Oh my God. Quick plug for that. The Diva um, Cup, y'all. Diva Cup, y'all. 
Sponsor us, for God's sake. I'm begging you, Diva Cup. So yeah, period havers in the Middle Ages did not have these fabulous luxuries, <laughs> and they didn't even have ibuprofen or Trader Joe's dark chocolate peanut butter cups, which is the only thing that gets me through my period. <laughs> poor, poor things. Yeah. So often people would just use, like, rags, but if you were poor and couldn't, like, afford rags, afford rags <laughs> oh, God. you would often use moss. Um, so, <laughs> you don't shove it anywhere. You just put it in there. Like, it just soaks it up. But, like, this happened for a few reasons. One, it was cost effective because it was in the dirt everywhere. And then two, it was considered to be antiseptic, which I don't think is true. But that was important to a lot of people because people thought that menstruation was poisonous, <laughs> which is just classic history. Um, and three, I'm going to vomit. It was reusable. You could squeeze out your morning moss and use it as your overnight pad for the evening. It's better than thinks panties. Oh, my God. So, like, sometimes you would, like, wrap your rags around the moss. Like, only the richest among them could just use rags and cloth and stuff like that. Cloths ain't cheap. No, that's true. They're harder to reuse, too. They probably... You can stop using them. You can get moss anywhere. Yeah. Amen. Let's bring it back. It's renewable. Some people use... What is it? Like, um, sponges? Yeah. Right? People use that. Yeah. It's pretty true. much the same thing. They're usually made from natural elements. You don't have to pr- pull them out of the ground, though, so that's different. Did I ever tell you about that book I read, um, that was a dude, and he was following all of the laws in the Bible? Yikes. For, like, a year, he decided. And one of them was that, like, you can't sit where an impure woman has sat, and that means, like, a woman on her period. So, like, for one second, he was, like, trying to be like, honey, when you're on your period, can you just not sit in my chair? And she was like, fuck. (laughs) I love that. You? So instead, he bought a little stool that he would just carry with him everywhere, because you never knew where a woman on her period had sat down at some point. That's amazing. And he was like, I can guarantee no one has ever sat on this dumb stool but me. Wow. I want to cover him at some point on this pod. I, but I've, all I'm saying is I bet they were also doing that in the Middle Ages. It was like, if you're on the moss, Honestly, don't sit in my chair. Get out of my moss. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that's a nightmare. So now we're at the lightning round. Woo! Miscellaneous. Give me him. So one thing I want to talk about was rush floors. So rushes are like long twigs or like mm-hmm. hay that would cover most of the floors in your house. Um, I mean, you, usually you only had like the one room, so yeah. that's fun. But the idea was that the rushes could be changed out. So they would just get so fucking gross and you change them out. But, like, when you're living that medieval life, you don't have a ton of time. So usually they wouldn't get changed out that often. Oh, no. So the great scholar Erasmus was quoted as saying, The doors are, in general, laid with white clay and are covered with rushes, occasionally renewed, but so imperfectly that the bottom layer is left undisturbed, sometimes for 20 years, harboring expectoration? What does that even mean? I think just poop. I think poop. Vomiting? The leakage of dogs and men? What? (laughs) Ale droppings? Scraps of fish? And other abominations not fit to be mentioned? (laughs) Whenever the weather changes, a vapor is exhaled, which I consider very detrimental to health. (laughs) And I agree. (laughs) I hate it. So then the next fun fact, if you actually had bathroom stalls, like lavatories or like privies? Privies? Yeah. Privies? Previous, I think. It was basically just a wooden hole um, that you would shit into, (laughs) and a long tube would bring that to a body of water, but often just, like, a moat outside, like, a trench outside the house where you're 
doing that. Mm. And so, like, every time you walk by any body of water, it's just, like, you want to die, I'm yeah. sure. Just full of shit. Um, just gross, gross. Um, and for that reason, people carried around um, nosegays, which were basically, like, little bundles of flowers that you would wear as a necklace so that when you would talk to somebody and they were fucking ranked, <laughs> you would just, like, hold that up. Um, what a what an easy way to burn somebody. I know. You're just like, oh, look at you. Hi, Linda. How are you doing? Give me one second. Yeah, Let exactly. Let me just put up my nose, guys. Um, next fact. Most people didn't have forks, so you had to eat with your hands. Great. Gross. Clean. Um, I just wrote down, chamber pots existed. Yeah. <laughs> Disgusting. And then um, you had to dump them out in the mornings. <laughs> um, people used to pee. Nope. People would use pee to dilute into cleaning products to clean their clothes because it had ammonia in it. And I mean, it's sterile. This but... is the thing. It's like, at this point, fair enough. <laughs> Whatever you gotta God. do. Um, sulfur was used to treat freckles. So just like the devil's dirt. Rub it all over your face because they thought that freckles were something you had to treat. No. Get rid of them. Gross. I like my freckles. Gross. Okay. Um, and then the last thing I have written down, which I love, is that the king would often have, whatever king, whichever king you're, yeah. is your king. Whomever. He would often have a specific servant called the groom of the king's stool, <laughs> and that guy would carry his toilet around <laughs> behind him, and he would also wipe his ass afterwards. <laughs> but this is the thing, is there was absolutely no, like, <laughs> stigma surrounding this position, this guy was, like, honored. Yes. Like, this was, like, because you would, like, often, like... the closer like, you can get to the king. Exactly. Like, he was often, like, a private, like, a personal confidant, and then that would lead to, like, political yeah. influence. <laughs> like, while you're wiping the king's ass, you would yeah. be like, we should burn the witches. And she's like, you know what? You're totally right. <laughs> You're totally right. But, yeah. I mean, who says internships never never lead to employment? You know what I mean? <laughs> Amazing. But that's as much as I can deal with telling you all. Oh, that's it. Oh, God. That's all I have. No. No. And now I'm like, what if the aliens come and visit us, but they still have medieval cleanliness, pro- pro- like, practices? Maybe, well, that's maybe, maybe that's what happened, is that the <laughs> aliens did come, and they were having... They were, like, embarrassed. Yeah. The aliens did come, and they had, like, a basket full of pastries, and they were like, knock, knock, hey, but it was during the medieval period, and uh. they were like, ew, <laughs> we have to leave. We'll check on you in, like, another million years. So, maybe we'll hear from them again. But they'd probably still be, like, gross. You guys are gross. Yeah. We still have, like, physical bodies. They're probably just, like, brains wandering around. Exactly. Uh, oh, so much to think about. I'm bummed out for a few reasons yep. now. I feel terrible, um, but I learned a lot of terrible things. <laughs> yes, and thank you guys for learning with us. Yep. Stay tuned for our upcoming Halloween episode. We don't know what we're going to do yet, but it will be fun, I think. Yeah, we're going to have just a bitchin' Halloween special for you guys. Hells it's yeah. G- I mean, we're, we're, I'm horrified, so Halloween is where we shine, I assume. We've never had one. We're so. going to find out. And then other updates, we're on Twitter at I'm Horrified Pod. Mm-hmm. We're going to PodCon in Seattle in January. It's going to be so fun. Um, and also, you can get our merch on our new website. Wow, a website! I'm HorrifiedPodcast.com. Wow. Allie made this for you guys in like a minute, and it's so gorgeous. It's beautiful. I made it with Wix. They do not sponsor us, but they are easy to use because I'm not a... 
I'm not a, like, beautiful graphic design genius like Leah Briard is who designed our logo. But you can look at that logo and you can buy that logo as a sticker for your water bottle. So go do it. Visit our website. Visit us on Twitter. We're on Spotify now. So We're on Spotify now. Yes. But as always, you guys, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for... Letting us ruin your day. Always. And um, until next week, stay horrified. Stay horrified. Thank you.